0: Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm Smalier Haley Hamilton-Cogill, and we had planned to discuss a few great films that had recently opened in theaters, including A Monster Calls, Hidden Figures, and Sing, and I have some fun pairings for those films. But in light of the sad events this past week, we wanted to instead celebrate the lives of two incredible women, artists, and actresses for our show today.
1: And of course, we're talking about the great Carrie Fisher and her mother, uh, Debbie Reynolds, died on back-to-back days, I, I we've been through a lot with a lot of celebrities
0: and that is over Gary Cogill uh, by film. the way I'm film critic Gary Cogill and but I'm a but little he's over, so
1: sad. Well, I, I have been sad. I mean, I think the last the last I I don't get super sad on celebrity yeah. deaths. Yeah. Alan Rickman was kind of Absolutely. a big deal and uh, you know there, Gene Wilder Gene the show Wilder was also. a big deal when Robin Williams died oh, it was. it took a few tragic. days for me. Yes. But all of a sudden, you know, Carrie Fisher, because of the iconic actress in the Star Wars films, and then right away her mother, who was 84. And when you have a daughter, when you have a child dying before a parent, it just oh, adds so a sense sad. of sadness to the whole thing. So, but today's kind of a celebration about their lives and a little bit about their work, actually a lot about their lives and their work. So, well, let's talk first about the great Carrie Fisher who died at the age of 60, so young, so young. on uh, December the 27th, right, uh, right, got, right after got the holidays. sick on that flight because she's on a book tour with her latest book. Mm-hmm. She's a prolific writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, I think she'd written five nonfiction or five novels and then... And some nonfiction, and then three others that were, or three others that were nonfiction, five fictional novels. And I always thought Postcards from the Edge was nonfiction, but it's not; it's fictional. <laughs> but, it's but it's so kind of
0: accurate. <laughs> Postcards
1: from the Edge was so much about her and a relationship with her mother, and and who plays her in the film?
0: Meryl Streep. It's the
1: great Meryl Streep, and yeah. she actually sings in the film yeah. a little bit. And then her mother's played by. Shirley MacLaine, the great Shirley MacLaine, yes. and I, I would say that Shirley MacLaine almost steals that film as yeah. the mother, as Debbie Reynolds in that film. I mean, they're all, they're all great.
0: Well, and that's the whole. What you just said is probably what Carrie Fisher dealt with her entire life. Yes, <laughs> that that as she was growing in her career, she did have this very iconic actress mother. And and how do you how do you do what you want to do, always in the the light of this this bigger than life Mother figure that also loves you and wants you to succeed and wants you to do everything that you do, but I think Meryl Streep says at one point during during Postcards from the Edge, "You want me to succeed, but just not
1: more than you, or something like that." (laughs) In fact, in fact, Carrie Fisher even said, "If I become, I I would probably back away if I became so famous that it would take away of the celebrity of my parents, yeah, yeah, (laughs) you know, Eddie Fisher and 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 Debbie Reynolds." But uh, that movie was directed by Mike Nichols, who's one of the best, and Mm. you know he, he passed away in the last couple of years. But, um, but she wrote, um, her nonfiction book, w- Wishful Drinking, because she was a notorious drinker and drug taker. And she had all these years, before we get into her filmology, she had all these years where she just struggled and struggled and yeah. struggled and wrote a lot about it and was very open and honest about it. And then she had a book called Shockaholic. Because she was into a certain, I want to call it CTN, but I'm not sure of the, of the right term, but she was into shock therapy for herself. Mm-hmm. And she would go on a regular basis and for a number of years and did major wow. shock therapy on herself just to try to separate some of the stuff that was going on in her Our brain, head. according yeah. to her. Yeah. And then The Princess Diarist is the is the book that recently came out, that she was on a book tour. She was in London mm-hmm. flying back to L.A. when, when she had that uh, the heart episode. Uh, and where she admits that in 1976 Ooh. or so, yes. five or six, while they were making the first Star Wars movie, which came out in 77, that her and Harrison Ford had an affair, Ooh. and it's and we all thought <laughs> Wondered, that might have happened, and
0: probably in the the back of our minds wished it was because don't you want Princess Leia and Han Solo to get together? Yes, oh, wait you they do. do. Wait, they do. <laughs> yes, they did.
1: And, of course, they're very young, and then that film, you know, she was the only one on the set that thought thought that film would become a major, major thing in their lives, and, of course, it did. But he was married at the time, Mm -hmm. and I think he was married, I want to say, to Melissa Matheson, who wrote E.T. and The Black Mm -hmm. Stallion and Indian in the cupboard and passed away a few years ago. So, But her first film, Shampoo, was huge for her. She was... She was in that great film with Warren Beatty. That was a multi-Oscar, multi-Oscar nominated film. But at the age of nineteen, got Star Wars, and mm-hmm. there we have all these iconic images of her and her Princess Leia honey buns, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Empire Stacked back. She did those three right away, back to back, and and her life changed drastically. We forget that she was in the Blues Brothers, and at one point was engaged to Dan Aykroyd. Wow, really. Never formally, <laughs> as Dan Aykroyd said, uh, we had the blood test and, uh, we had the blood test and, and we had everything in order. We had the rings and, and she went back to Paul Simon. Because at one point, Carrie Fisher was married to Paul Simon. Wow. Paul, I think they were married only for about 11 months. He wrote one of his songs about her. Huh. Yeah. Paul Simon, yeah. who's married now to Edie, Edie Burkell, Burkell, and they've been married for years and years and years. Yes. But, yeah, she was in Hannah and Her Sisters, uh, Woody Allen's Oscar-winning mm-hmm. film. But I think the film that we remember her the most, other than Star Wars, for me, would probably be the best friend in When Harry Met Sally. Because
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: it's a great part. Absolutely. And she was really, really good in that film. She had a little parts in Austin Powers. So I think she played a therapist in that film. I'm not sure. had a little bit part. Soap dish. She was in Charlie's Angels. She had a small part in the, oh, she was Tom Hanks' wife in the Burbs mm-hmm. in one of those films. She did, she, she was really good buddies with Tom Hanks. She also did The Man with One Red Shoe. And then that famous TV show that she was in, she was in Sex in the City.
0: Well, she, she, there was one episode, cause I am an authority on sex. Yes, season, you are. Um, that Carrie and the girls went to LA and she hooked up with a public, no, she hooked up with a guy that she, That told her he was an agent, he was a very famous agent, and lived in this very big penthouse. And the guy, the part was Vince Vaughn, um, saying that he's this big agent man, and in reality, he's just like the personal assistant house sitter for Carrie Fisher, <laughs> which was great. And so the end of the episode, she comes in, she's like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here.
1: It was great. You know, she was in a bunch of TV stuff. Yeah. She was in Weeds. She was in Laverne and Shirley back in the day, uh, Smallville and 30 Rock. I think she was in Entourage. She was in the Big Bang Theory. She did two episodes just in the last couple of years for Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. But the thing that I remember. How did you,
0: yeah, how was she in, in interviewing her? What, what kind of, what kind of,
1: uh, uh, uh loose canon and fantastic. Yeah. I loved, I mean, anytime you got to sit with Princess Leia yeah. and knew that she was, cause I interviewed her for books. I interviewed her, um, uh, for a one woman show. I interviewed her, uh, for, I think I interviewed her for when Harry met Sally. I yeah. think it was still back then. But, uh, and I know I interviewed her for postcards from the edge, but she was just a corker. I, I, Corker meaning you never knew it was flying out of her mouth. Uh, she was always unpredictable and always direct and always funny. Yeah. She was wickedly funny to me. I think she was much loved by people around her because she was kind of the life of the party and deserved it. Yeah. Some people try to be the life of the party, and they're not funny. <laughs> they're just drunk <laughs> yeah some people are the life of the party, and they actually are right and Carrie Fisher was Fisher was one She
0: generous she, was she generous really with, generous in, in conversation and,
1: yeah. Yeah, 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 you know she had a dog named Gary,
0: oh, you know when she passed away she i think
1: I think it was a bulldog. Oh. they brought the bulldog up to the hospital, Gary, um, to say goodbye to her, and right, uh right. I think her uh her daughter now is is uh. Has got the bulldog. I Uh, hope so. Yeah, but uh, she and she was a huge animal lover and huge rescuer of animals Mm -hmm. and and did all kinds of things. But she, she always—how do I say this? Spoke the truth, Mm -hmm. even if it was painful. So when I saw her HBO special, I realized that was on Broadway for just a brief amount of time. Mm -hmm. Didn't get great reviews. Mm -hmm. Started at the Geffen Playhouse, but it was based on her book, uh, Wishful Drinking. Drinking, right. And where she goes the whole, through the whole relationship with her mother and drinking and drugs and, and being honest about those things. And I remember watching her on that HBO special, which I think they filmed actually, uh, in a studio in 2010 with a live audience. If it comes back on TV, watch it because you'll learn so much about her. And half of it's uncomfortable to watch
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it's, well, the, it's
0: an uncomfortable subject. I
1: mean, she had a drug overdose, right. almost died at one point, yeah. you know, but she talks about Princess Leia, does all that Star Wars stuff that we love but she had kind of a dark life for mm-hmm. for part of it and brought on a lot of times by herself but overcame all of that too over mm-hmm. kind of overcame her mom
0: so is yeah that's just it is it is it because you know you you see these children of celebrities that then become celebrities themselves and and is it just too much to to I, deal with or I,
1: I i don't know i'm sure drug I, i'm sure the time of the 60s and the 70s mm-hmm were were really difficult and the, mm-hmm. and I think the drugs compounded a lot of things. She was also very outspokenly bipolar. Mm-hmm. So when you combine heavy right. drug and, usage with heavy alcohol and bipolar well
0: and and probably some some weird bipolar meds that that will also yes. mess with your entire psyche. Which was
1: one of her addictions. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean I think all of that stuff leads into it. I I say these things. I think it made her an interesting actress. I think she, as she got older and older, repaired all those relationships that mm-hmm. she probably messed up as a young person, and 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 became this really kind of funny, mm-hmm. honest. I uh, loved her writing. I mean, she's she's like Irma Bombeck to me in a, in a modern era. She's she was really really an interesting, funny writer. And can I just talk about her in Star Wars for a little bit? I look back on Star Wars in 1977, and then those three films back to back to back, and I would have. I'm not sure I would have ever cast her in that Mm -hmm. role, Mm -hmm. and now I can't think of anybody else doing that role because she was so good. And of course, there's a little surprise in the most recent Star Wars Mm -hmm. film—a tiny little surprise—that is connected to to, to, to connected to her. And Mm -hmm. oh, it just makes you kind of sigh now, Mm -hmm. seeing that film. Well, and to
0: to have had her have a a a part in the last and the Force Awakens, which was also really wonderful.
1: Yes, really cool. Especially In fact, she had a, kind of
0: now, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: there, there's just something about her and her honesty. Plus, I, I go back to postcards from the edge and and Star Wars films, and I think she's really, really. I think she's a talented writer. She was a script doctor. She worked on Sister Act. She worked on Lethal oh, wow. Weapon movies. She she was the script doctor and tightened it all up for the Wedding Singer. She was a kind of a legendary, notorious. Script doctor in her own day, so, so it's I, interesting yeah. because
0: she, for a, a, a long career, she did a lot of little things, but it sounds yeah. like she was also in a lot of of kind of behind the scenes. Work. Yeah, so
1: a lot of behind the scenes work, and she, you know, and worked. and
0: a, and and an actress Theater, that can write yeah. well, you know, you see all these actors that instead decide that they're gonna they're gonna. Prove that they're great. They're they're great at their craft by going the directing route instead right. of like sitting down and actually writing and 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 being able to tell the story and then to act out the story. I think it's pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if she was completely massively insecure. She ever admitted it mm-hmm. because she was such a big loud voice. Mm-hmm. But she was a big loud articulate voice. She wasn't a big loud nonsense voice. And so I always. Um, you know, I'm, you're sitting in a chair across from her and you walk in the door with a big smile on your face because she's smiling, looking at you, and she wants to talk and engage you in that conversation. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. That's wonderful. About yeah. that life well, and that and, time. She, she died and way too young. In died
0: that. way too young, but it sounds like she lived a, a very full, let's go out and, and, and live life to its fullest. Let's
1: get it. Let's, let's get the most out of it we How can. How full a life. You're married to Paul Simon. Yeah. He writes a song about you. You're Princess Leah. <laughs> you write all these books and novels, fiction, nonfiction. You go through shock therapy, uh, and you explain it all openly and honestly, mm-hmm. and you have no skeletons in your closet. Mm-hmm. And then finally... You say, yeah, Harrison Ford and I had a thing going on. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about today. This yeah. is really, really fun. I when we come this. back on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, um, the day after Carrie Fisher dies, her mother tragically passes away at the age of 84 in Los Angeles. So when we return, the life and times of the great, the great, iconic Debbie Reynolds. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone, to this special edition of Wine and Film—a perfect pairing where, in essence, we're toasting the lives and, of course, mourning the loss of mother-daughter screen legends Carrie Fisher and the great Debbie Reynolds. And Haley, when I say Debbie Reynolds at the age of eighty-four, what movie? There's got to be a movie that comes into your Ooh, mind. Well, it's
0: Singing in the right It is.
1: It is. How great is that movie? <laughs> I mean, I'm giddy about this. Well,
0: and I, I mean, I, as a, as a film student at TCU, I, I, I think I saw Singing in the Rain over my, my little extended (laughs) college career, because it took me a while. Um, But took every, you know, every single film class I took from production to um, the history of musicals to, to, uh, you know, Acting 101 showed Singing in the Rain, because it's, one of the best, if not the best, musicals ever, ever made. Yeah, f- for so many different reasons, you know, just just the use of color, and I think because it was a film about going from black and white into mm-hmm. color, and from 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 you know creating the first talkie and all of all of that. Um, and she was so young, and she was so, there was such a there was such an innocence that I think we all kind of. Put that young ingenue, innocent kind of girl in her head, and I know she had a very, very kind of storied life. It was married a lot, and and sounds like she lived her life to the fullest, also. But, um, but I, you know, don't you just don't you just always always
1: have oh my that? God, Donald O'Connor, her? Jean Kelly, and she holds her own that entire yeah. film. She's nineteen when she makes that film, yeah. the same age that Carrie Fisher was when she made Star, Star Wars. Wars. That's
0: very cool. Yeah,
1: nineteen. So they're kids. And, you know, I, I I didn't know this. I learned just recently. I think I knew it at one point. But she was born in El Paso, Texas. Yeah, she's Texan. And she grew up dirt poor. She mm-hmm. lived in a, a, she called it, a tiny little shack. And her father was a ditch digger and their mother took in laundry. Mm-hmm. And she was happy. And she said, we always had food, but we never had anything. Mm-hmm. But we always had food. And, and when she didn't,
0: when she in a beauty, and wasn't that her big she, break that she was in a beauty pageant? I, I want to say in
1: 1948, at the age of 16, she was Miss Burbank beauty contest nice. winner. Nice. <laughs> Miss Burbank. And who gives away a beauty pageant? Miss Burbank at 16. <laughs> That's kind of inappropriate. Right. Well, right now she, she had, she, she didn't date a whole lot in her teens because she was a tomboy and considered, even though she was a beauty contest winner. All the guys thought she was a tomboy. Never wore she never wore dresses, wore flannel shirts and uh and didn't own a car. Didn't drive around in a car, so you know, she didn't get noticed as much. But um and also, also you know her name is Mary Frances. So Debbie uh I think Jack Warner who ran Warner Brothers named her. Wow. We're going to call you we call you now Debbie. Debbie. <laughs> she became Debbie Reynolds. So, you know, she grew up very religious too and very grateful as time went on for the things that she had in her life, because she had a lot of things and a lot of different people in her, in her life. So AFI did a list of the best musicals of all time. Uh, number five on that list is Cabaret. Number, I want to say number four is The Wizard of Oz. Number three, oh wait, uh, let's see. It's Sound ca-
0: of Music. Cabaret, there.
1: Sound of Music. The Wizard of Oz is three, West Side Story two, and Singing in the Rain, number one. That. And then when you start doing the AFI list of all of the best movies ever made, American musical, or whatever. Yes. Yeah, AFI. <laughs> uh, number one of all time, of course, is Citizen Kane. Number two is Godfather. Number three is Casablanca. Number four is Raging Bull. And number five of the all-time greatest movies on AFI's list, Singing in the Rain.
0: See, it's why I, it's why they they showed it so often at TCU. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, 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 there are there are things that defy logic in that movie. Bouncing off the walls for Donald O'Connor. That scene where they they sing and they step down from the two couches. They go from one to the right, second one. Right, right. It's good morning. Good morning. I know. Isn't, I won't sing for you. I want you to. <laughs> uh, but, but she was just so good in that. And also when Singing in the Rain came out, uh, it was not, it was not critically panned, but not critically celebrated. Hmm. None of them were nominated. For Oscar. Wow. Even I, Gene Kelly. I don't, I don't think so at all. I know she wasn't. I don't, I don't, I don't think any of them were. I want to say the screenplay the, might have been. And the costumes had to be.
0: Weren't the costumes? Because they did that whole scene of every A Lady in Pearls. Probably. Walks through year, Cause yeah. they had, they just wanted to show off the costumes. They so. wanted to show off
1: that stuff. <laughs> but I, I'm, I think I mentioned this when we were watching clips of it the other day that I, it all looks like it's sped up fast motion and mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-mm. Those are fast feet. And you watch when you really focus on her; she's kind of one of the guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's not—it's not full of female choreography. Right. She's doing what they're doing. No, she's yeah. She's, and they're getting she's after doing it.
0: soft shoe, and she's tap dancing, and she's yeah. That's
1: fast. After that, she did a film called, which was I was a little boy. I saw the Unsinkable Molly Brown, Damn. which is a—it's a fictional account of a real person, the woman that survived the Titanic. The Titanic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she goes on and it's with Harve Presnell, and, and, uh, that, that film to me, I, I thought was one of the best musicals I'd ever seen as a child. And then, um, and she was nominated for an Oscar for that. And she wasn't for singing in the rain. She was the singing nun in a movie and she was in the tender trap. But get this. She was in a film called Tammy and the Bachelor co-starring Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> From the Naked Gun movies.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I loved Leslie.
0: Leslie Nielsen was an airplane, wasn't he?
1: He was an airplane, and he was funny. <laughs> he was funny to, to most of our generation, but in his early days was a serious actor. Wow. And she's kind of a hillbilly in that movie, and a guy washes up on shore in the oh shack, you know, in the swamp, and that's The Bachelor, and she's Tammy. So she recorded a song called Tammy. And that song was, uh, she became, uh, it was the most listened to song by a female of 1957. Wow. And was number one five weeks in a row and the number one record of the year. Wow. Tammy.
0: Good for her.
1: Guys, it's, I'm not going to sing it, but I still have it. Kind of. <laughs> she was in one of my favorite Westerns, How the West Was Won. She was also in Charlotte's Web because she's the voice of Charlotte. Yeah. 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 She was in an Oliver Stone movie, Heaven and Earth. That not Tommy Lee Jones is in that film. But I remember seeing her as mother with Albert Brooks, one of Albert Brooks's really funny little films, mm-hmm. uh, playing his Jewish mother. And then she played herself in The Bodyguard. She had a little cameo, a part, in 1992. But she also had a television show back in 69. And I'm fascinated by this. Her so, own show? The Debbie Reynolds Show. Oh,
0: wow. I do not realize. She was
1: that. the highest paid female in television. Wow. In 1969, she had a two-year contract and she canceled after one year because she didn't believe that cigarettes should be Was uh, it a sponsor? Yes, by oh. Paul Mall. Oh
0: wow. And she
1: was adamant and went and the producers went around her and lied to her and said, "Oh no, we're not going to have any cigarette, you know, advertisements on our show." And of course back then they're probably live. Mm-hmm. And they did. They snuck in Paul Mall and she walked off after one year. Good for her. Well, here's the thing she said. It's the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes of her life, but she was so adamant at the time because she thought that well, cigarette smoking was so really she believed, believed in.
0: in it. What she, she believed in. So here's
1: the numbers. 40% of America watched it every week. 40%. It was kind of like an I Love Lucy show. And it was one mm-hmm. of, the, it was, it was so highly rated. I mean, I mean, and she walked away from probably a, a lot of money on that show. She was in Will and Grace. She won an, I think she was either nominated or won an Emmy.
0: For she pl- was Grace's mom. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And whose other mom was she?
0: Oh, she was in um, um, Behind the in Candelabra, right? Yes! She was Liberace's <laughs> yes, mom. Yes,
1: You can barely recognize her. <laughs>
0: Michael Douglas. With Michael Douglas. <laughs>
1: funny. Behind the Candelabra won all the, I think, all the Emmy Awards mm-hmm. that year. That's a, That was a really gross back mm-hmm. in 2013. And then for three years, she headlined at the Riviera Hotel in Vegas. Uh, two shows a day, six days a week. Oh. Uh, um, and then... I didn't know this. I'd heard this, but it's true. She bought a casino in Vegas at one point with her earnings. She bought the Clarion Hotel and Casino in 1992, and she renamed the hotel the Debbie Reynolds Hollywood Hotel and five years later filed for bankruptcy. Oh. <laughs> it just did not work out for her. She, she was married three times. Of course, Eddie Fisher with, had her two kids, uh, Carrie, of course, and, and Todd. And then she was married to businessman, uh, a guy named Harry Carl who gambled all their money away and did all these bad business transactions. And she lost almost everything she had with, with her second marriage. And then her last marriage was, I think, 84 to 96 with Richard Hamlet, who was a real estate developer. And that's true, Hamlet, H-A-M-L-E-T, very Shakespearean. <laughs> it was meant to be, yes. And I, the other thing I remember about her, because she I've interviewed her, Debbie Reynolds, probably four or five times. Yeah. And she would walk in and talk nonstop. She was exactly like Carrie said she was, but very po- polite and very professional and very old Hollywood. Stand up when you walk into the room, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but she would just, talk, blah, blah, it was like a buzzsaw hitting. She was her. ready. She was ready and real old style show business. And if you brought was she up, she's funny. She's very funny. If you brought up a tune, she'd start singing it. I like that. It's really cool. And then she was talk about her memorabilia. And I realized at one point she had, one of the largest, if not the largest, collection of Hollywood memorabilia in her personal estate. Hmm. Oh, 3,600 pieces, wow. including Marilyn Monroe's white dress where the air blows up Ooh, over the it seven grill. Year Itch. That's not Willem Dafoe. That's no. Marilyn Monroe <laughs> Don't say in that. the Seven yes. Year Itch. Yes. And she owned the glass slippers, the ruby red slippers. And I mean, I think that dress that Marilyn Monroe sold for probably millions. She owned Charlie Chaplin's bowler hat. But she went to the studios, and back yeah. in the day, they were throwing all the props out. Wow. And she went and said, "Can I have that? Can I buy that for nothing, mm-hmm. for cost? Mm-hmm. And she, because she thought they were really stupid to throw
0: Absolutely. all these great I'm things, surprised that, and they not, were, yeah, because well, there, there are several kind of Hollywood. Museums and the history, the mm-hmm. American History Museum and uh, the Smithsonian is, has a Absolutely. fantastic collection. Oh, that, so and I think that
1: back in the day, probably in the, this was probably going on in the 50s. Yeah. Where they just didn't, they've they caught didn't on know. fast. Right, right. You know, now everything has a dollar amount of value to it. But she had, she built, I want to say two or three museums, one in her casino, it went bankrupt. Um, she had one uh, somewhere in an apartment building. It the museum went bankrupt oh and was forced, I think, to sell it. Uh, probably about eight or ten years ago, most of the stuff. Hmm. And I, I remember it feeling kind of sad for her yeah. that she had to get rid of all that stuff that that she appreciated.
0: Well, that's exactly because it's you know yeah. what was she really going to do with it except you know sit there and look at it? But it's they are pieces that yeah. are that have kind of defined the 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 reason that. Films are the way they are today is because a lot of of those original pieces. Yeah. You know, those ruby slippers are. Uh, there will never be another pair of ruby slippers, and you can say, you know, ruby red slippers. And every every person that's seen it pretty Anymore, much any will know what yeah, that is. In the, in the world, will know that those are Dorothy slippers. I so. I, to-
1: I totally agree, and I I keep you know she was so interesting, and so young, and so talented. But I think at, at one point, I, I keep thinking back of the relationship between her and her daughter. You know, once again, her daughter becomes really famous at a very young age to a mother who's incredibly famous. And, of course, her you know, her mother's husband runs off and marries Elizabeth Taylor. And her and Elizabeth Taylor are best buddies. Mm. Uh, the story goes that years later, they made up. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk for years and years. It was had to, to be understand. very timid. Yeah, <laughs> Years and years later, they were on the Queen Elizabeth, both of them, on a voyage. And they rang each other's room and said, "Let's meet for dinner." And made up and kissed and were friends, you know, forever mm. after that. But it took years to get to that point. But on, I go back to singing in the rain. I just, I always thought West Side Story is the best musical ever made because it had more of a serious tone. Today, I think it's singing in the rain. I think it's the best. You know, Wizard of Oz is an amazing film. Yeah, but singing in the rain to me has more energy.
0: It's so it's it's a to me it yes I it's jaw
1: dropping to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind it's, of awesome.
0: It's so beautiful and it it covers I think the there are some very silly scenes but but a lot of it is really all about great singing and dancing and and celebration. Um, that Gene Kelly was so incredible with. Whereas I think, you know, you, you they're all in West Side Story you don't ha- you have some dance but it's not quite that yeah like it's not it's not going to going to take you by the the hand and shake you you know yeah, it does it doesn't get you quite as much
1: well Jerome Robbins choreographer in West Side Story is all about tragedy cuz that's based on Romeo and Juliet right. and they're leading to that point where the energy and the youthfulness of everything about singing in the rain mm-hmm. it's about singing in the rain yeah it's not about you know singing on a warship. <laughs> it's not about singing while you die.
0: It's about singing with milk because wasn't it <laughs> wasn't the rain actually? Uh, uh, didn't they use milk or powdered milk because yeah. you couldn't because you actually can't see rain? So I'm, in order I'm, to I'm, make the rain, again, my my film knowledge, <laughs> one of the facts that I didn't really need to ever, do, <laughs> of how they, they
1: do that. Yes, uh, yeah, but uh, you know, I you watch that singing in the rain number with Gene Kelly, but uh, boy. Debbie Reynolds. It's really special. She was well, something.
0: And it's also, you know, in kind of having this, this discussion, I think that that we should just take a moment. And, and it, it's, it's been a, a fantastic year, 2016. I think that a lot of people are very sad to see it go. Um, I think we're excited for for we're 2017, excited for it to go. and and it's been a and, rough year, but it's and there's been a lot of of really incredible people that that we've lost this year. You you mentioned Alan Rickman, Gene Walder.
1: Yeah. Alan Rickman. Um, Let, just last week, yeah. also
0: George Michael. I mean, come on, let's have a let's all have a wham. Let's let's give a wham shout out.
1: Wham, <laughs> gotta have faith. <laughs> gotta. Gary Shanley, yeah, David Bowie.
0: Well, David Bowie and Prince, and Prince and know.
1: Glenn Frey. Harper Lee. Yeah. And Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. George Kennedy. You can't eat 50 eggs. <laughs> Pat Conroy, who wrote The Great Santini, and he mm-hmm. wrote The Prince of Tides, and he wrote one of my favorite books, uh, Beach Music. Patty Duke died mm-hmm. in 2016. Mm-hmm. Merle Haggard died, and yeah. Guy Clark, the great guitar player.
0: Morley Safer. How much
1: oh. do we love Morley Safer on CBS well, on 60 Minutes?
0: I, like because that's the kind of storyteller that we're we have, the journalism today is losing the yeah. the 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 ability to to tell a great story and to paint a picture with words. We 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 don't see that as often.
1: No, not as much. Alan Young, who is uh, the guy that owned Mister Ed. <laughs> As you said, Muhammad Ali, Anton Yelchin, that tragic accident.
0: Oh, yes. With his, his car? Yeah. It,
1: it, With his yes. car rolling down the yeah. driveway and pinning him. Um, John you know, Glenn. John Glenn. R2D2, Kenny Baker, little Kenny Baker died. Uh, we said Gene Welch. Leonard Cohen died, who wrote Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, Robert Vaughn, the man from U.N.C.L.E., but also in The Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. And Zsa mm-hmm. Zsa Gabor, mm-hmm. John Glenn. George Michael, Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds. A lot more, but that's just a few of them. Uh, We raise our glass, we toast. We do. We say thanks for life well lived.
0: Lives well lived. Lives well lived. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. That's, that's, That's your special memories. So... Okay, now we're going on to 2017.
1: <laughs> Let's get on to 2017. Next, Everybody
0: have a great new year.
1: <laughs> yeah, just kind of blow it out a little bit. Yeah, right? just kind of have some fun and be safe out there and Uber if you can. Next yes. week on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Uh, three more Oscar-contending films, including the NASA math movie, Hidden Figures, Taraja B. Henson and Kevin Costner and Octavia Spencer in that film. Lion, as we said, the compelling true story. It's about this adopted boy in search of his birth mother. That stars uh, Dev Patel and the great Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman in it. Mm-hmm. And Ben Affleck is back on the big screen with a very well-made prohibition gangster movie from the 20s. It's called Live by Night. Nice. I can't wait. But for more on on
0: kind of the the discussion that we had today yeah. and, and a little bit more on on the lives of Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds, please check out our blog on our website, Cogill Consulting, or through Facebook. And be sure to follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas and Court.
1: And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film.
0: And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine.
1: Join us next time on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing.